0: Hi, I'm Curious Vedant and welcome to Season 5 of my podcast. Today, my guest is Angel Lau, who is the Asia coordinator of Open Wing Alliance, a global coalition that works to end the abuse of of chickens worldwide. She also co-founded Animal
1: Alliance Asia. Hi Angel, welcome to my show. Hi Vedan, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I've been a long-time listener of your show, so I'm really excited to be here today.
0: I'm really excited. I've interviewed lots of people from animal organizations before.
1: Mm -hmm, I've seen that, yes.
0: Yeah, this to be fun. So Angel, I'm curious to know, what does Opening Alliance do?
1: Sure. Um, I'm happy to tell you more about the Open Ring Alliance, or the OWA. So the OWA is initiated by the Humane League, which is a U.S.-based animal protection group. Um, We bring over 80 member organizations around the world together, united in a common goal. That is what you've said before, to end the abuse of chickens worldwide. Um, Bidant, can I ask you, how much do you know about the lives of egg-laying hens?
0: Uh, uh, yeah, a little bit. I know that they, that they live really horribly in, the, in, back, in battery cages.
1: Exactly, you're right. So every day around the world, billions of chickens suffer from very bad forms of abuse on factory farms. Um, And like you said, they live in these tiny metal cages. Their lives are just um, not the best. So the Open Ring Alliance was founded to address this suffering. And we influenced some of the world's biggest companies to implement animal welfare policies. Um, And specifically, we secure commitments from companies to source only cage-free eggs in their supply chains. So that's in a nutshell what the Open Ring Alliance does.
0: That's really nice. I feel super bad for those chickens who who have to spend like lot of, almost all of their lives in those tiny little cages.
1: I know that they experience so much suffering while they're in cages. And after that, they are most often slaughtered in a very inhumane way as well. Um, so that's another part that um, not only us, but animal protection groups work on to um, make sure that animals um, that are in the supply chain when they are slaughtered are slaughtered in a more humane way so they suffer less um, but yeah they they are um, they experience a lot of suffering um eggling hands. What do you do? Uh, sure I That's a good question. So a huge part of what I do is I manage relations between Asian members of the coalition. So basically, I support them with whatever they need so they can do their work on the ground. Um, This could be supporting them with knowledge or skills they need, for example, with IT or managing their organization, or if they need certain knowledge about um, the egg industry. And this can be in the form of webinars, trainings, or summits. I also work with OWA campaign staff to adapt our campaign plans for Asia so that they're more effective and appropriate for groups in this region.
0: That's a really interesting job. And I would really... You must interact with so many
1: people, right? Mm -hmm. And that's one of the best part of my job, in my opinion is that I get to meet with and communicate and learn from uh, all these very inspiring groups from um, all parts of Asia, um, in Japan, Korea, and East Asia, and China as well. Um, and then in South Asia, um, India, Nepal, and in Southeast Asia, like the Philippines, Malaysia, Singapore. Um, it's amazing to see different People like despite our differences, um, us uniting in this common goal and overcoming obstacles, um, it's a very cool part of my work.
0: Yeah, your work sounds super fun. Mm -hmm. What are some of the successes that Open Wing Alliance has had?
1: Um, So, in terms of um, campaign wins over the years, we have campaigned against some of the world's biggest hotel chains restaurants, and retailers. Um, For example, we secured K3 commitments from Yum Brands. In case you haven't heard of it, Yum Brands is the world's largest restaurant company, and it owns very famous companies like KFC, Pizza Hut, and Taco Bell. So we have won K3 commitments from these huge companies that one organization um, on their own couldn't have taken down. And what these victories mean is that millions of chickens will be spared from a lifetime of intensive confinement. And on top of global policies, OWA groups have secured many more regional policies and some legislative victories as well. For example, groups have campaigned their governments to strengthen k3 standards. Um, another part of success of the Open Wing Alliance is that We have grown into a coalition of 80 plus member groups from just um, initially we only had six groups. So we have grown a lot over the years and our member groups are all really driven to work strategically and collaboratively with other members. So we are very open to sharing information, insights and resources so together we can reach our common goal and reach our bold mission.
0: In which part of Asia does Open Ring Alliance focus on?
1: That's a a good question. That's actually something I'm working on right now. So um, I didn't tell you earlier, but part of my role is also related to recruitment. Um, I am also, I'm working on finding out the more high impact areas to focus on in Asia so we can help more aid link in the region. And um, I don't have a definite answer yet, but I would say China is definitely one um, huge country um, that has a large population of eggling hens that, who produce a lot of eggs, and Southeast Asia as well, um, for different strategic reasons. But that that's a good question. This is something that is part of um, what I'm working on, uh, and other regional coordinators of the opening lands are... Um, trying to figure out as well.
0: What are some of the biggest challenges that Open Wing Alliance has faced?
1: Mm-hmm. So, um, in tr- so globally, we because we have already secured K3 commitments from some of the bigger global companies, that means that the rest of them are quite stubborn uh, when it comes to animal welfare policies. So it won't be super easy to convince them to go K3. So meaning we've taken down the lower hanging fruits, the easier targets. The rest are the the harder ones to convince. Um, And then in Asia specifically, because of differences in culture and context, most of the time we need different strategies um, to be implemented in Asia. And I can give you some examples. Um, For example... In the West or in U.S., um, it's quite common for us to single out an individual, say the CEO of KFC, uh, we make a meme or we make materials around this person and we try to convince KFC to go K3. But in Asia, uh, especially in Japan, we or the member groups in Japan c- cannot really do that because there are defamation laws in Japan that prevent them to do so. If they do single out and target a particular company or one individual, say that CEO from KFC, our member group will very likely be in legal trouble. So um, there are different examples like these um, that make our work challenging at times, but I would say it's also what makes our work interesting because we have to adapt to the different situations in our member organizations' countries.
0: I know that you create educational content in Chinese and Cantonese. What kind of content do you create?
1: Um, the kind of content I've created has definitely evolved over time. So when I so I went vegan in twenty seventeen, and then. Uh, Around 2018, I started to create content about basically the reality of where our food or animal-based food comes from, um, how factory farming works, etc. And then then after a while, I wanted to take a step further to encourage people, especially those who are already practicing a plant-based diet, to also advocate for animals. So I talked about um, for example, effective communications and how that can be applied to our work. Um, and then recently, I also explored the relationship between effective altruism and animal advocacy. And I know, Vidan, that some other guests have talked about effective altruism on your podcast. So um, I'm sure that you're not strange or not unfamiliar with this concept.
0: Yeah, no, I know about
1: it. <laughs> yeah. Um, So yeah, um, basically, I want to support people who are plant-based or vegan-curious and inspire them and support them to be better advocates for animals.
0: That's really nice. So where can I find your content?
1: Um, I am mainly active on YouTube and Instagram. I can share my links with you later on. Yeah, that's, that's where I mainly post my content. I am thinking of starting a blog. If that's public, I'll link them on my other platforms as well. But uh, YouTube and Instagram are where you mainly find me.
0: That's that's nice. Mm, What can my listeners do to support your work?
1: Uh, Thank you for asking this. So in terms of my work at the Open Wing Alliance, um, if uh, listeners of the dance podcast if you do consume eggs i would encourage you to choose k3 eggs and if you want to take a step even further then i would encourage you to try a plant-based diet um, as for my personal work i would love if you can check out my work leave a comment and let me know what you think and i look forward to learning from your listeners as well yep i i let you.
0: know
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you, Hiran.
0: Can you tell me a little about what Animal Alliance Asia does?
1: Mm-hmm. So, Animal Alliance Asia, or in short, AAA, is a nonprofit that me and my friend Ellie co founded in 2019. Um, back then, we saw an issue that is, strategies that work in the West don't always work as well in other regions, for example, Asia. So we saw uh, tactics that are not culturally relevant, that don't take into the consideration of the history of Asia, for example, um, the issues of colonialism and other socioeconomic issues. So we decided to start Animal Alliance Asia to build a more sustainable, inclusive, and effective animal justice movement in the region.
0: Wow, but why did you
1: leave? That's a that's a good question. Um, it's mainly for for mental health reasons. So, I when we started the the organization in twenty nineteen, um, I was doing that almost full time. You know, starting an organization isn't easy work so that was more almost like a full-time job if not more and I was also doing other work to support myself Um, I did that until 2021 late 2021 where I basically uh, reached burnout I couldn't do that anymore Um, I was tired unmotivated Um, there are other symptoms basically I was feeling almost depressed so I and I think I did seek help. I seek professional help and decided to take some responsibilities off my shoulder. And that proved to be a good decision for me personally, and I think for the organization as well.
0: What made you choose to do what you do now? What did you want to be as a child?
1: Mm, interesting question. Um, so, as a child, I actually didn't have much of an idea what I wanted to be. Um, I I mean, I liked science and animals in general, cats especially, but I I didn't know what I wanted to do. And that was the case until I was in my first year of university when I was studying biodiversity. Um, I had no idea. And then, but I think I was really, really lucky because uh, after my first year, like I said, I went vegan and then I started doing animal advocacy. And I just had this feeling that this is what I wanted to do like advocating for animals is my what I wanted to dedicate my life my my time or my career doing and um, it almost feels like it isn't much of a choice because I was and still I'm just drawn to it so I guess in short just the love for the love for animals um, inspired me to do what I'm doing now.
0: Yeah, I really, really love animals, and yeah, I'm not so sure what I want to do when I grow up.
1: And I think that's completely okay and normal. I think, um, it's. I think honestly, most of us, even sometimes myself, uh, or like people who are more, who are older than me or have more experience, we are just trying to figure it out. Um, we we have different life experiences, we come across different things that I'm sure will um, inspire us to do, try out different things. And then, and I think it's good to keep your options open. And I'm sure Bedansh, um, with your curiosity and your uh, skills and knowledge, I'm sure with your curiosity, you will be doing great things in the future.
0: Thank you. (laughs) I have a few options in mind.
1: Yeah? Yeah. Would you you mind sharing?
0: No, I don't mind. A few of them, like one of them, which it's quite recent, but I really love is car designing. Mm, Okay. Can you tell me? Uh There are a few designs in my wardrobe which is behind me. And I I also want to do animal work, like my father and mother.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Wow. Car designing, that's interesting. I mean, I personally don't know a lot about cars, but I'm sure a lot of work goes into making a good or like a cool car even.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. What are your hobbies?
1: Um I there's one hobby that I used to like that I want to get back into that is parkour. Have you heard of that? Uh, it's a sport.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard of it.
1: Right. So it's a in case um your listener um aren't aware. So parkour or some people call it free running. It's a sport where you try to move over or through obstacles from one point to another. So you might have seen people like climbing walls or jumping over fences or rolling on grass. That's the kind of moves that um, you might see in parkour. So I I actually got into it when I was in the UK. um, And I think it's just a really fun sport and you can do it outdoors in the city as well. So it might be a good one to try in Singapore. Um, So I want to get back into doing parkour. Um, another, some of my other hobbies are reading. I like reading nonfiction um, and books that help me to be better at my work. So it could be any, anything from psychology or communications to history history books.
0: I really love books, both, both fiction and nonfiction.
1: Yeah. What are some of your favourites now?
0: Um, Harry Potter. I'm reading... The fifth one now. Um, And uh, I like Roald
1: Dahl.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Oh, yeah. Harry Potter Potter is such a classic. That's classic. And I read Roald Dahl when I was in primary school too.
0: Yeah, Roald Dahl is fun. Thank you so much for coming on my show.
1: Thank you, Vedant, for having me. Um, It was such a pleasure chatting with you. And I appreciate your time as well. Yeah,
0: this was fun.
1: Thank you. Mm -hmm.
0: Dear listeners, follow my Facebook page, Curious Vedant, to get updates on my upcoming episodes. To listen at leisure on your phone and get notified about future episodes, subscribe by searching for Curious Vedant wherever you get your podcasts, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can also listen to my show at CuriousVetan.com Thank you for listening to Curious Vedan and don't forget to read and leave comments